0: everybody. Welcome to Sex in the Bull City. I am Dr. Sophia Cottle, Licensed Professional Counselor Supervisor, Certified Sex Addiction Therapist Supervisor, and Certified Sex Therapist. Welcome to our show today.
1: Yes. Welcome, welcome. My name is Matt Kreiner. I'm a Licensed Clinical Social Worker and Certified Sex Addiction Therapist Candidate, and I'm excited to be here for this episode.
0: Yeah, today we're going to have a good time, and we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to our hearts, which is what does it mean to be sex positive, or conversely, what does it mean to be sex negative?
1: Yes, great topic. Um, Like so many things that we touch upon, I think it applies to the situations we experience here in our our clinical rooms, doing our, our psychotherapy. I think there's a larger kind of cultural and social context for these definitions and um it also can be a really personal thing. You know, not everybody is going to walk around with the same definitions or understanding of these terms. So it's nuanced, it's interesting and we love stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and when we were talking about doing this, um I sort of have my own my own way of moving through this topic from a therapist perspective of what does it mean to be sex positive or sex negative. And then I started doing a little bit of research, and wow, I had no idea of all of the various um, cultural norms and different societal views of, of how sex positivity um, or just sex in general is really viewed. And I, I was sort of thinking of it just as from a therapist's perspective. So this can get quite... Um, confusing for people, and it could also get pretty heated um, in certain discussions, and so um, this is going to be a really cool conversation. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll hover there for a second. You say it can get really heated, um, and that's part of what, what I find interesting. You know, we want to talk about topics that um, just kind of light people up, and what does that mean? It means it's, it's important to us, mm-hmm. right? That You know, sexuality is important to us. Um, it, it speaks to our values. It speaks to you know, what we do for fun. It speaks to, you know, some of the most intimate moments of our lives. So, yeah, people are going to get kind of fired up about these topics. And that's part of what, what makes it exciting and, and important to folks.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, that, that's a very sex positive statement that you made, it uh, speaks to all of these positive experiences in life. But for a lot of people, it really speaks to um, just a lot of shame. A lot of trauma, a lot of fear, and so um, you know, sex for people is going to be presented in a positive way or a negative way, and, and we kind of we kind of live with that unless we do some work around it. But so, let's just sort of come up with a, a general understanding, a general definition of how we can think about sex positivity. Um, there are several different definitions, and they're all they're all fine and they're all great. And I think that, for our purposes, um, the way I think about it is sex positivity is when sex is seen as a positive force in one's life. Um, So that's sort of just a very simple, general way that I think about it. Or sex can be problematic um, and, and, you know, create issues, and so that's sort of a way of what you know, people coming from a perspective of sex neg- negativity. Did you want to add anything to that?
1: Yeah, just a little bit. So yeah. I, you know, have had my own you know conception of what sex positivity means to me, and, and how you know it it shows up in my world as a as a person and as a clinician, um, and that's informed by a lot of things. You know, as as you alluded to, we bring our life experience to to these concepts, um, then apply it as best we can. Um, I'm reminded of, and I'm going to take a chance to do a quick shout out here. Early in my training, I took the chance to go to um, the Trans Behavioral Health Conference at the Mazzoni Center in Philadelphia. So, shout out to the Mazzoni Center; they do, they are a leader in, in these spaces, um, you know, regionally and in Philadelphia and also nationally. Um, but I, I attended that that conference, and there was a clinical track, and there was a just several different breakout sessions about um, notions around sex positivity and different Mm -hmm. kind of sexual practices and non-normative sexual practices. And, um, so I found that to be very helpful and kind of informative as, as I was really shaping my clinical view of, of a lot of these topics. Um, but I also happened to find just on this notion of like, how do people define this? I did a quick Google search because it, you know, it occurred to me that, you know, my, what informs my view is not what informs everybody's views Mm -hmm. on this stuff. So, one of the first things that popped up was the International Society for Sexual Medicine. And I've done no research about them, so I'm not necessarily endorsing whatever <laughs> they're about. Um, but I did find, like, a nice little Q&A about what does sex positive mean. And I just love the way they framed this. They, they said, someone who is sex positive, um, they accept others' sexual practices as long as the participants consent and feel safe without moral judgment. So I I love that as like a one sentence kind of concise piece about someone, if if someone is sex positive, they likely accept other sexual practices, so there's that just baseline level of acceptance, as long as the participants consent and feel safe, so there is an elevated value of consent and safety, and then they, they say they do this without moral judgment, so a person who identifies as sex positive tries to not bring in moral judgment to other folks um, you know sexual practices as long as consent and safety are a part of it, so mm-hmm. I like that as a as yeah. a concise way of thinking of it yeah
0: i like I like that a lot. thanks for adding that um that's that 's really nice if we 're thinking about um gosh, how we think about sex in terms of society and others, and not just being in our own little narrow you know our own little movie that we play every day that we 're the star of mm-hmm. um, so it 's nice to kind of think about that that way. Um, Yeah. And so, so sex positive, again, just to really think about sex can be a positive force in one's life. Um, And there's, and there's a sense of uh, expression with an emphasis on safety and and consent. And so that's, that's super important. Um, So, you know, just some basic uh, ideas to kind of get out of the way here are different frame frames that therapists come from and we have one one um governing body that, that's among therapists called ASEX certification, and that is our American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. So when therapists talk about being sex therapists, that's typically where they have in the past gotten their certifications from. Um, so that's that's just important for everybody to understand. I have my certification from the International Institute of Clinical Sexology. Um, the difference being and this will be sort of part of our conversation is the difference being um, ASECT has come down with a position paper that sex addiction does not exist and and you know any anybody who knows anything about me knows that i 'm a sex addiction therapist, but I also do sex therapy, so i didn't really want to. Go with ASECT. I went with this other institute that is, I think, much more sex positive than ASECT. And so, ASECT, this is very confusing, but I can make it very simple. ASECT claims to be very sex positive. When, in fact, by saying sex addiction doesn't exist that's a very sex negative position in itself, and um, the International Institute of Clinical Sexology, run by Dr. Carol Clark, and I am going to give a shout out to her because she 's amazing um, she's a, a real she 's a real thought leader um, in the field of sexuality. Um, her Her institute is much more sex positive and it embraces um, all types of sexuality and expression. Um, it's up to each individ- individual to choose what is best for him or her so that is a i think a great way to even start the conversation of among professionals who are experts in the area wow isn't that interesting that there's sex positivity and sex negativity
1: absolutely yeah and, and you and i have have you know named as a kind of value of of this podcast work to help inform you know consumers so i love that we're having this part of the conversation and and I'll just add my my little you know some somewhat of a restatement for a piece of it but I want to add the way it makes sense in my head is is so ASEC is a credentialing organization and I think their most common credential is that CST, mm-hmm. that certified sex therapist. And there're lots of 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 those folks out there, uh, many of them doing doing great work. The credential that um I'm almost done earning is the certified sex addiction therapy um, licensure or credential, the CSAT, C-S-A-T. Um, so certified sex therapy and certified sex addiction therapy are, there's overlap in content, but they are very different. And the credentialing bodies, so the credentialing body for the CSAT license is the is ITAP, the International Institute for Trauma and Addiction Professionals. So basically, if, if you're a, one of these consumers we're trying to inform about this, basically you can sort of simplify it to say there are kind of two camps. There's the CST world and the CSAT world, and the idea you and I are speaking to in this minute is that there's kind of a general consensus, and of course, the clinician you're in front of is an individual, and they have their own way of moving through the world and through the work, and it's important you understand where that individual is coming from, but you and I are giving voice to this big general idea that there are many folks out there in the certified sex therapy world or CST world who think sex addiction is just not a real thing and we find that to be damaging to mm-hmm. folks who really are mm-hmm. are struggling with yeah. compulsive sexual behaviors mm-hmm. um and there's there's a flip side of that coin if we're just talking in big broad strokes generalities there are folks who who from the C from the CST world who would say hey you folks who do sex addiction therapy work you are sex negative and you yeah. are shaming and you you know bring religion morality in the room when it has no place and you, and you mm-hmm. pathologize what people just enjoy to do sexually um and and again that exists there are people who do that you and i don't do that yeah, right. um but it's i think it's important to elevate this general mm-hmm. idea that mm-hmm. um both of these camps find um mm-hmm. find conflict in in yeah. this space
0: yeah for sure and and i mean truth be told there's There's reason for that, because, just like you said, there are some people in all of these camps that frankly, I think are being sex negative, yep, so you know by not accepting um each other and our 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 differences and our belief systems that may be different. Um, when we're talking about sex, inherently that is the very definition of sex negativity, right?
1: And so that kind of rigid and yeah, rigidity, exactly. yeah, exactly.
0: So it becomes this like you know ridiculous cycle of um, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. When that whole notion is being sex negative, so um, you know that. So that's just sort of a thing. And you know, since we've had. Um, um, the sexual revolution in the 60s, and then prior to that, Freud in the 20s talking about sexual liberation. I mean, this has really been an evolving topic for quite some time now. This is not going anywhere. This is not going to be solved anytime soon, I'm sure, just because it's it's just been a been a discussion that's been evolving and changing for a while now. So, you know it's just it's just more of of the same, but just with different language, and our culture and societies are changing, and they're progressing in different ways, and so sex is naturally going to be affected as well and so um you know talking specifically about some of our work that we see as therapists. Um, you know, bringing up what you just were talking about, Matt, with sex addiction, what we do in in this practice is we treat all parts of the whole person and of the sexual self, and so we have experts here that are sex addiction therapists and certified sex therapists, so that we can we can see and treat the whole person, and ultimately for us, it's about working with someone to figure out what is healthy sex to each individual it's not it's not my judgment it's not someone else's judgment it's not whatever the quote researchers say it's about you know what works for this person or conversely what is problematic for this person so for us it's super important to be able to be educated and work with all parts of the person and not be judgmental and for me that's what true sex positivity is
1: absolutely Meeting folks where they are.
0: Yeah, absolutely for sure on that. And um, anything else that we want to say about the whole therapy sex positivity piece? I don't
1: think so. I think it it might make sense to just color this in a bit with with some stories.
0: Yeah, some case studies. Um, Well, I can think of... um, you know one thing that 's good to have is like a website if if some if we're a consumer and we're looking for gosh what who's a therapist I should go to it 's great to really look at people's people 's websites because anybody that looks at us, they know that we do everything we do sex addiction and we do sex therapy early on um when it was just me and i didn't have as big of a practice, I definitely had some people come in who were likely. Um, looking for more of a sex therapist who was there were you know sometimes people will go to therapists to have somebody nod their head and say yes what you're doing even though you're telling me it's causing you pain is okay um, yeah. I definitely had a lot of people come in early on that were clearly having sexual repercussions to their they were having uh, repercussions to their sexual behavior but they weren't in the space to want to hear about sex addiction. And so what's really nice about having lots of people in this practice is that we can really handle all of that. So for instance, one of my first people was a female who was engaging in lots of different sexual behaviors, which to me wasn't really part of, that was not a problem. Mm -hmm. The problem was um, she was feeling horribly emotionally and she was being treated very poorly and she was quote in love with someone who was only wanting to have her as a um bdsm partner so so for me um it was it was less of a conversation about about sexual behaviors but it was more about like you know how is she feeling how is she really feeling emotionally Um, sometimes people do want to go to therapists who are going to say, it's okay if you keep doing these sexual behaviors, they're not going to affect you emotionally when in fact, that's really not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And so that there was a lot of work around that, that we had to figure out, you know, what, what for you, what is healthy for you? Like, what can you do with this person? And it be fun and healthy sexually for you that you're not going to walk away feeling like you were abused or, or treated poorly. And so that was actually a really tough case where there was a lot of um, combination of sex addiction and really trying to tease out with, with you know, trying to keep it in a very sex positive space. The behaviors aren't bad. It's, it's what is making her feel bad and it was really that there was a a poor emotional attachment or connection. Yeah. So that was really the work. And so this work about sex can be it can be really really confusing. And, and you know, it might be something easier that we can see as therapists, but for for the average layperson, wow, it's it's really really confusing.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like with that that client you had the experience of, you know, they came in seeking some some guidance and some support to walk through you know what, what they were struggling with but they didn't come in with ideas or notions about you know what you know am that I am addicted or this behavior is compulsive and um, it's it's hurting me in these ways so it, what I hear you saying is you had this chance to I call them kind of hold up the mirror moments to just kind of help walk with somebody and say hey look in this mirror like here what, what I hear you telling me is this behavior is really causing you trouble in these other parts of your life and it's really hurting you and and it, with that, you kind of had a chance to kind of just gently, you know, guide her to to this noticing of just how problematic the behaviors actually were for her. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was really it was it was a super tough spot for her to be in, and um, really also that was what was going on was love addiction, and yeah, um, yeah and there was just so much. But you know, being that she had done a lot of reading about sex positivity Mm -hmm. and it was very important to her to go to a sex positive therapist, which I a hundred percent, you know, wanted to respect. And I agree with her. Um, we all should have that kind of therapist. Um, it was really hard for her to tease out that some of these behaviors that granted she might really like doing and, and (laughs) they may be fun. I mean, all that is can be valid and true. With this particular person and in this setting, it was not working for her emotionally, yeah, and so you know she was trying to come to therapy to get help, basically to not feel bad about something that was feeling bad, yep, and so you know we're not miracle workers, right. and so yeah oh, we can't we can't change that. that, and so um yeah. it was i think I think that sometimes you know. The notion of sex positivity again can just be it can be a confusing place to 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 start with when really that shouldn't be what we start with. It should be like what's right for me
1: i'm so grateful that you you highlight that case for a lot of reasons uh, uh, particularly because i I believe that folks who who have similar struggles like you just described with this person who are female identified who are trying to get themselves comfortable with something that is just not working for them. Um, and especially like in that situation where we would, we refer to it as love addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that happens so much more commonly than we really give voice to kind of culturally and it really makes space for us. So I, I appreciate you elevating that case. Um, I have one yeah. that, that occurs to me that, um, kind of t- goes, goes in reverse really to to uh, the basic story that you just shared. I had a, a gentleman come in who, um, you know, sought us out, saw my, my credential and, and read my bio and said, hey, I want to talk to you because I'm struggling with porn addiction. Mm-hmm. Like he came in with that language. He mm-hmm. said, okay, well, tell me you know, what's going on with you. And basically, you know, he, he described a situation where he was, um, you know, a few times a week viewing um, same-sex pornography. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem for him. Mm-hmm. He, it, the, following the pornography and the masturbation to, to same-sex porn, he, he felt um, a lot of shame. And, and it was just very troubling for him. Right. And like I said, he came in with his language of, of I'm a porn addict and I need your help. Mm. And, and really what, you know, the, the end of the story is we, we did this work together. And over the course of, of a number of months, we just kind of realized that this is not compulsive behavior. This is not mm. addiction addiction. Um, this we not, his experience was not really meeting criteria that we look for. Mm-hmm. And really what it was, was a journey for him to find mm-hmm. acceptance of his sexuality. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, you know, we're so privileged to, to every hour I get to do this work as a gift, mm-hmm. you know, to just be with people in their stories. But when I think back of the most rewarding experiences I've had in the therapy rooms, that's one of them mm-hmm. was the chance to walk with this person as, as he gained acceptance for mm-hmm. himself you know so there was never really addiction in the room mm-hmm. but that's the language we we had to start from cuz that's where he was
0: yeah and and what i really appreciate about hearing from you with that story is that it it was not about what any one body says or what some research says or what that therapist says or what this therapist says or what your mom says or whatever it's about you know what was going on with that man, he himself, yeah. and you know being able to really work through for himself with you what what is healthy sexuality for me, for this one person it's going to be different for him than someone else and and in that way, the way I think about true sex positivity is there's hundreds of thousands of millions of ways to think about sex positivity. There's not like a few, Um, you know, it's not something that we can learn in a course or at a conference or with a certification. It's about, you know, truly being completely wide open and open minded and, you know able to just understand that there are lots of different tastes and different people and with that comes lots of different ways that we're going to express sexuality and i think that was just really nice that that he was able to kind of figure out what was healthy for him and it wasn't addiction it was just him just figuring things out yeah developing to me i call that sexual development yeah and that's part of human de- development so i think that's a beautiful thing yeah
1: absolutely yeah. Do you wanna add
0: anything else about
1: that? I don't think so. I think just maybe as we mm-hmm. as we start to wind down, um, just that basic idea that this this is complicated, it's yeah. nuanced, it's personal to each individual, it's personal to each clinician. Um and you know, I, I think one way to simplify an important idea in this space is just to say, be careful if mm-hmm. you come across somebody mm-hmm. who's really speaking in absolutes about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. That can be pretty telling.
0: That is, wow, that's a good point. Um, Absolutely. So if if you're reading things or hearing things um, and it's like, oh, this is definitely this, this is definitely that, blah, 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 label, 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 um, that's a problem. Um, So I encourage anyone, definitely find a therapist who's open-minded and who's willing just to walk the path with you, who's smart enough to figure out how to walk the path with you in an accurate way for you. Um, So make sure they do have some credentials. But then the last... The the last general case that I want to bring up, which I think is mostly what we see here in our practice is couples. And so mm-hmm. when couples come in and one person is an addict and then we have a partner, or really both people could be addicts. One person could be a love addict, the other one a sex addict. Um, what, you know When we go through and do all of that individual work and trying to figure out what's healthy, what's not for individuals, well, then the couple has to come back together and do the same thing. We've got to figure out what's healthy sexuality for the couple. And so this whole sex therapy piece and and positive sexuality is incredibly important because sex is something that it's like food it's like eating we we have to learn how to do it well we don't really have to but nine times out of ten we're gonna have to we're gonna learn how to do it we're gonna want to learn how to do it Mm -hmm. in a way that is healthy for us and for our coupleship and so even if there's sex addiction in the relationship at some point we're learning how to have healthy sex with that, so we want to make sure we're not shaming we're not making behaviors negative it's it's the emotions behind the behaviors that that need to be worked on so that's kind of that 's super important to think about
1: I love that and it's it's so important it's one of the things we elevate when we have a conversation about so what's the difference between like sex addiction and a, and a substance addiction? Well, you know, I identify as a person in long-term recovery from my alcohol addiction. I can go the rest of my life without having another drop and feel really great about it. And, and lots of folks, that's how human beings mostly wired. We don't need, mm-hmm. we don't have a, an inclination towards consuming alcohol. Um, sex is not that way. Right. Sex is more like um, food in that way mm-hmm. in that most human beings are going to crave, are going to need, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be sexual. Um, so it's, it's much more about figuring out how to do that in a way that's healthy for you as an individual, but for most people, and again, this isn't a commentary on masturbation or, or polyamory or whatever else, but for most adult humans, they're going to seek an intimate partner. Mm -hmm. So that takes it even a layer beyond food because someone can say my, that my relationship with food has been disordered and I, I need to be laser focused on how I eat. And that doesn't necessarily affect anybody else when we're talking about healing through sex addiction in the context of a coupleship, well, then we need to get that consent and that safety we talked about early mm-hmm. on. We need mm-hmm. to get this other person on board and in a space where these two people, mm-hmm. you know, are engaging in sexuality in ways that work for both of them.
0: Exactly. And so now we're talking about intimacy work. And so it, then, then it moves away from the individual's just sex therapy for, for this one person. It's for in a coupleship. So, yeah, yeah this whole um, sex positivity uh, notion it, it it is very charged and there's a lot that goes along with this conversation. There's so much information to truly learn about and understand when it comes to what does sex positive mean. I mean, we could have a ton of different podcasts about this. We didn't even get into porn how that's perceived as being sex positive or sex negative. Maybe we'll do that for another time because that's a huge area where people are very charged sure. um, about talking about about porn. But anyway, um, I want to thank you, Matt, for bringing up some really good points. I think this was a really helpful conversation.
1: Absolutely. Another fun one in the books. And we'll be back next time for yeah. another episode of Sex and the Bull City.
0: Yep. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.